The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who is crucified. He is not here, he has risen, just as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, yet filled with, the, with joy and afraid, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and they worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day and we thank you for the good news of the resurrection of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray that as we spend some time before your word, that you would speak afresh to us. Help us to receive you, help us to hear you, help us to be obedient to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, you heard the passage and it's pretty remarkable that Jesus appears to the women and tells the women to go tell the disciples to meet me in Galilee. The 11 follow through on the instructions of the women, uh, the instructions of Jesus, they go to Galilee and sure enough, Jesus appears to them. And then we have this line that they worship Jesus, which is exactly what we would expect. And then the surprise line, but some doubted. They showed up, Jesus was present right in front of them. They bowed down to the ground, they worshiped Jesus, but some doubted. And then, maybe just as surprising, is Jesus commissions them all. Jesus says, all authority on heaven and upon earth has been given to me. Now go and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And I will be with you always to the end of the age. Jesus doesn't put the doubters over here. Jesus doesn't say, okay, you doubters, you hang out here on the mountain a little bit longer until you get your faith up, and then you go. He doesn't say, doubters, go home. He doesn't chastise them, he doesn't ridicule them, he doesn't dismiss them. He gives the doubters the same commission that he gave everybody else. And I've been thinking a lot about that, uh, these doubters. And probably think a lot about it because I'm one of them. And in fact, I would guess that this is kind of a picture of any given Sunday, any given worship service. 
that whenever you have people showing up to worship Jesus, even his closest followers showing up to worship Jesus, that on any given Sunday, there's gonna be people doubting, followers doubting. And what I find interesting, again, is that Jesus isn't disturbed by it. And I think about myself, I think about us, I think about how often we get disturbed by our doubts. How often we kind of get stuck and preoccupied with our doubts. And yet Jesus doesn't seem to be too bothered by our doubts whatsoever. I think that doubts come from maybe four different areas. Uh, Area number one is intellectual doubts. Sometimes we doubt because we can't get our mind around it. Uh, You go to your biology classes and you learn about evolution and then you go to your Old Testament class and you realize maybe for the first time that there's actually two creation stories. And then you go to church on Easter, I'm assuming you did. Then you go to church on Easter and you're kind of reading through resurrection stories and you discover the gospels each have kind of different accounts of the resurrection. And all of a sudden you can't get your mind around everything and you begin to doubt. And, and it's just natural to have kind of intellectual doubts. Our minds are growing, our minds are expanding, we're trying to get uh, things figured out. But what I've discovered is that the truth is that there are some things that I will never, ever actually get figured out. They're mysterious. Problem of evil. Good luck on that one. But if I make my faith, if I make reality dependent upon what I can sense and explain and understand, then I've just made myself the determiner of reality. Just made myself God. That's idolatry. And so what I've had to learn to do is to learn to live with intellectual doubts and not let my doubts, not let my lack of ability to understand or figure things completely out. And that doesn't mean that I shouldn't give my mind to those things, but it just means that rather than trusting in my mind and my ability to think and figure everything out, I'm actually going to trust myself to Jesus. Doubts and all. Another place where doubts come from, emotions. We go through times of emotional doubt where we're just not feeling Jesus. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about you, but, but sometimes I have times, hard times feeling Jesus and, and go through these times where what's going on with my faith? How come I can't feel Jesus? And if I start looking at my life, it might have something to do with the amount of sleep I get might have something to do with what I've eaten. Um, You know, Bob Smith preached a week ago Monday, and he had Jesus all over him when he was preaching. Monday night, he had some old Korean barbecue sauce that he didn't want to throw away. And he used it on his food. And yesterday morning, he was crying out to Jesus, but he could not find Jesus. He could not feel Jesus. So, so we go through these times where we just can't 
feel Jesus. I remember um, back towards the end of my college days. I knew I was called into ministry, and yet I was having a very difficult time feeling Jesus. And it seemed like people all around me were getting blessed. And it was in a, a revival service, and everybody around me, it just seemed like they were feeling God, feeling blessed, getting moved by the Spirit. And I'm kind of standing there thinking, what is wrong with me? That I'm just not feeling Jesus, and yet here I am, I think I'm supposed to be a minister of some sort. How is that going to work? And so at the end of the service, they gave an altar call, and, and I, uh, I went forward, and I got down you know, to where the altar was, and I was kneeling there praying. And you know what? I still wasn't feeling Jesus. And then a bunch of preachers came, and they prayed over me and had hands on top of me, and they were getting blessed, and they were very emotional and being moved by the Spirit. And I'm underneath of it all, and I don't feel any different whatsoever. And then the service kind of concluded and they got up and they left and they were praising God and I got up and I went back to my seat and I'm wondering what's wrong with me? That I still have these doubts. I still am not feeling Jesus. I talked to, my, to one of my professors about it, Dr. Carver, and kind of explained to him where I was at and the struggle that I was having in terms of these doubts and not feeling the closeness of Jesus. And what Dr. Carver told me was basically, don't worry about it. And that was such a relief. Not to have to worry about not feeling Jesus. And what Dr. Carver told me to do was to just keep on doing the things that I know that I'm supposed to do. Keep on being obedient to the things that I know that Jesus put in front of me to do and the way that Jesus called me to live. And so I listened to Dr. Carver and I just kind of stayed obedient and that carried me through that season of doubt. And again, some of you today are, are just kind of feeling like, wow, how come everybody else is getting blessed with this great worship music and, you know, I don't feel a thing. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Don't beat yourself up. Just stay obedient to the things you know that Jesus has put in front of you to do. A couple more places where doubt comes from. Uh, number three is behavior. See, if I'm believing one thing and then I'm living a different way, then that's gonna create a conflict within me. That my behavior is not matching up with my beliefs, my beliefs are not being lived out in my behavior, that creates major conflict, that creates major doubt. And usually something's gotta go. Either I gotta change my behavior and line it back up with my beliefs, or my beliefs are gonna crumble so that my behavior becomes acceptable. And so if, if you find your doubts are coming from there, from your behavior, where your behavior is not honoring Christ, and so therefore you're having doubts about Christ as a way to kind of legitimate your behavior, you got to surrender your behavior. I mean, you, you, you can't have two masters. You can't have, you know, this set of habits or these behaviors and Jesus as Lord. Something is going to give. Either you're going to doubt the lordship of Jesus or you're gonna surrender your behaviors. Fourth place, 
is the behavior of others. That sometimes we look up to people as models of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And they fall. And it's a major breach of trust. We trusted that they were faithfully representing Christ and then they fall and all of a sudden we have our doubts. Not just about them, but about the whole business of Christianity. Like, wow, if that's what it's about, who needs it? And we began to have doubts about the whole thing being real because we thought somebody that was maybe the most real Christian we knew turns out to be fake, turns out to be hypocritical. And it's like our faith can crumble right with theirs. Way back in the day, I had a teammate who knew how to party as well as he knew how to play ball. But he said this comment, because he was kind of struck by the hypocrisy he saw on campus. But he made this comment to me that I've never forgotten. He said that he knew that he should never let a hypocrite come between him and God. Thought that was pretty profound. That really, it's about following Jesus. And so, even when somebody that you looked up to turns out to be fake, doesn't make Jesus fake. Keep your eyes on him. Now, I know I got to wrap this up. And uh, trying to figure out, you know, how, how do you wrap up a sermon on doubts? Well, on the one hand, I thought I could just say, okay, uh, we're gonna open up the altars and I invite everybody to come and cast their doubts upon the altars, nail their doubts to the cross, whatever. Um, but I know that as much as you did that, you would leave here with your doubts. That it's pretty hard to separate our doubts from ourselves as much as we would like to. And, and so I, I have kind of two things I, I want to, to kind of emphasize just right here in closing. Instead of trying to cast your doubts on Jesus, surrender your doubts to Jesus, why not surrender your doubting self to Jesus? Just own your doubts. And Jesus, doubts and all, intellectual doubt, emotional doubt, behavioral doubt, wherever that's coming from, I'm yours. I'm yours. I'm going to surrender my doubting self to you. And by your power, by your grace, I'm going to keep on following you, doubts and all. See, Jesus, I think in some sense, had some doubts. At least he had some hesitation because in the garden, before he went to the cross, he's kind of hesitating. God, if possible, take this cup from me. Father, if there's any other way, make it so I don't have to go to the cross. It's like that's a moment of, of hesitation and maybe even doubting 
what he should do. But then he casts himself on the Father and says, not my will, but your will be done. And he follows through. And he's resurrected on Easter morning. His victory is our victory. He is with us, doubts and all. And he's interceding for us at the right hand of the Father, praying for us that we would be able to keep on following no matter what the doubt. I'd like to pray for you. And then the band's gonna come and they're gonna lead us in a couple of songs. And then at, at the close, very close of the service, it's the usual Wednesday time of prayer. And if you would find it helpful, go ahead and do something tangible and come and pray, not thinking that you're gonna leave your doubts here, but offering your doubting self to the one who died for us and has risen for us. Let me pray. Father in heaven, we are so grateful for your love and for your mercy upon us, giving your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, that we might be reconciled unto you and raising him that we might be empowered through his spirit to live faithful to you. Pray that you would especially be near to all of us doubters today. And we pray that you would give us grace to trust our doubting selves to you. Give us grace, give us power to keep on following and to keep on doing the things that you set in front of us to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.